Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The Great Rivers Biennial is an every-other-year reminder to celebrate the artists who live and work in the St. Louis area. It's an awards program that identifies, quote, talented emerging and mid-career artists working in the greater St. Louis metropolitan area. Each gets a major exhibition in the main galleries of the Contemporary Art Museum St. Louis, better known as CAM. And thanks to the Gateway Foundation, each artist also gets a pretty sweet honorarium, $20,000 each. This year's biennial kicked off last week, but it's not too late to see the artwork. It will be on display all the way through February 21st. And joining us today to talk about it is Misa Jeffries. She's an assistant curator at KM and she curated this show. So Misa, welcome. Thanks for having me. Give us a little bit of context on this. How did the Great Rivers Biennial first get started? Sure. So the Great Rivers Biennial, or as we like to call it, the GRB, is a long-standing collaborative initiative between CAM and the Gateway Foundation. It began back in 2003, so this is actually the ninth edition. And essentially, it's an open call for submissions from artists who live and work in St. Louis. And so out of those who apply, there are three award winners who each receive uh, an unrestricted $20,000 honorarium, as well as the chance to make new work for a solo show at CAM. And the awards are actually selected by a set of jurors who are established arts professionals, usually curators and artists that are not based in St. Louis, but actually all across the country. So that makes this award somewhat unique. Hmm. So have any of the artists you've honored in these previous eight iterations, have they gone on to be names that we might recognize? Absolutely. Yes, I would say um, Casey Zavalia, for example, is a very established artist living and working in St. Louis still, mm. represented by a gallery, presenting their work um, all over, you know, in various galleries and museums. So, yes, I think it's an excellent launching pad for an artist's career, certainly. Mm. Did you get a lot of applications for this year's biennial? Yes, we received 87 applications. Whoa! And Yes, that was back in April of last year, and it's an online process, so the applications were received online and then reviewed by our jurors in that way. And so you send on all 87? They have to sort through all of these? You don't have a winnowing first? (laughs) That's right. No, no, there's no um, mediation. It's just straight to the jurors. Wow. Well, we are joined today by one of the people who managed to get not only to the jurors, but managed to get to the very top of the heap and is part of this year's Great Rivers Biennial. And that is artist Rachel Yoon. Rachel's exhibit Gather is now on display at CAM. Um, Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Rachel, your piece is so unusual. When I was paging through the flyer for the Great Rivers Biennial, this just got my attention right away. I think this is so evocative for anybody who grew up going to a megachurch. Tell us about what you're doing here in this KM exhibit. Yeah, um, so for this exhibit, uh, I really wanted to to go all out and really take over the space that I was given. And so I'm in this um, the back gallery space, Gallery C, Um, And I've uh, had this practice of making kinetic pieces, like sculptures that move and have like are really active in their space. Um, And I really wanted to let viewers like completely walk into this transformed area. Um, So if you uh, have visited the show, it's um, there's all these colorful lights. There's the disco ball. There's music. um, There's actually two different audio tracks going on. And you have all of these sculptures that are are moving and dancing and flailing. So, yeah. So tell me about how you make this happen. I mean, these sculptures, these are things that are, are things like speakers and, and almost like large houseplants. What's involved in getting them to move the way you want them to move? 
Yeah, so I really was, you know, a couple years ago wanting to make like kinetic work. I wanted my sculptures to move and have like a personality. And um, I kind of just like happened across um, buying uh, massagers off of uh, Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and That's an interesting hobby there. I'm going to buy massagers. <laughs> yeah. Used. So I've, oh my gosh, over the past couple of years, I've reached out to like dozens and dozens of individual sellers who are um, just, you know, they're, they've used their massagers, they're done with them and, and they're trying to get, you know, 15 bucks for them. And uh, my process of making work has also been driving to all sorts of different homes and neighborhoods in the greater St. Louis and uh, Illinois area. And um, yeah, exchanging cash for these massagers, bringing them back to my studio, taking them apart, and then kind of, yeah, attaching these artificial plants to them um, and just seeing like, how they move and what they do. I, I'm so fascinated by this process. And and Misa, I have to say, um, maybe this is my lack of familiarity with the art world, but have you ever known an artist who works in in used massagers and is driving around buying old ones on Craigslist to, to funnel her vision? This just seems like like such an imaginative um, use for, for an everyday tool. Completely, yes. Um, it's a very unique process and certainly brought up a lot of questions for us in terms of how to present the work in the museum in terms of, you know, how people would interact with the sculptures and, you know, the hope that people wouldn't, you know, run into them or get hit by them <laughs> or that, you know, the sculptures would survive the length of the exhibition. So there's been a lot of questions around like how the artworks will live on in the exhibition for six months, certainly. And Rachel, you talk about buying all these things, um, buying these massagers, buying these speakers. How many speakers did you end up buying in order to achieve this vision? Oh, my goodness. I, so um, massagers wise, I've probably bought at least 60 and then about 50 made them into the show. And then I've maybe purchased like 20 to 30 pairs of um, old vintage speakers. And they the speakers are actually they serve at two functions in the show. They're pedestals for the um, moving sculptures and then they're also like functionally like um, playing sound and playing music because um, when you enter the space uh, you hear like a dance track on one hand and then the other you're hearing this um, church audio like worship songs um, so yeah and that's actually a great segue into something I wanted to ask you about which is as much as I'm kind of riveted by the how of this there's also a why of it um, <laughs> this piece isn't just about your fascination with these these found objects or these purchased objects um, from Craigslist uh, what are you exploring here in this piece gather yeah I I think what happened over the course of making this show was thinking about what kind of space I'm creating, not just like thinking about objects or static things, but this atmosphere. And it really kind of started off like I'm creating this dance party or like a disco or like a club floor or something. Um, and all these sculptures are, are dancing. Um, but I also, you know, have started to like build in my personal narrative and history into that. And um, an important part of my life growing up was growing up in the church. Um, mm -hmm. My dad is actually a pastor, a Southern Baptist pastor, and, um, you know, really intense song and prayer were also part of what I grew up in, with in church. Um, and there'd be 
um, this moment where you turn the lights down and play music and people would just let their hearts out Hmm. and just pray out loud and and shake their fists and, um, you know, kind of rock back and forth. And I really started to see that similarity with my sculptures. Like I, I was like, you know, on one hand, they're kind of dancing. On the other hand, they're kind of like worshiping or they're shaking in kind of this an ecstatic way. Um, and so what I hoped to accomplish with the show was kind of creating that gray area between those spaces. Like, you know, on one hand, it's this really joyful space. On the other, it's this really kind of intense religious space, too. Hmm. Is that worship still a part of your life today? It's not so much. <laughs> um and uh, I mean, I've, I've grown distanced um, from the church over time and, um, you know, being who I am and, and being queer, like it, there's a lot of um, conflict mm-hmm. there. But, you know, with this show, that wasn't something I wasn't trying to like insult the church or make a judgment upon it, but really just kind of acknowledge it as an important part of my life growing up um, and also just finding commonalities between the ways that people um, move their bodies in space together. Like some Mm -hmm. people might go out to, you know, a club late at night and dance and be vulnerable in that sense. And other people might go to to church and and pray with other people Mm -hmm. um, in that space. Some people are swaying at the club. Some people are swaying Mm -hmm. as they worship. It's still the same movement. Exactly, exactly. And I I just, I guess I, you know, they're usually kind of portrayed as really um, disparate worlds, but I I wanted to somehow find an intersection there. Hmm. Well, I want to play part of the soundtrack for your exhibit to give people a sense of things. Um, and this track that I'm going to play, this is called Heart of a Child. track is called Heart of a Child. Um, it's by a band called God's Bod Music. And we're talking today to artist Rachel Yoon, who is one of the people being honored at this year's Great Rivers Biennial, which is now at CAM. We're also joined by Misa Jeffries. She's an assistant curator at CAM who curated this show. Rachel, God's Bod's Music. I understand you actually commissioned this piece. What, what kind of notes did you give them to come up with this, this mood they ended up achieving? Yeah, I mean, I really gave them free reign over the the whole thing. Um, I really uh, trusted Godspod's, you know, creativity and their music. Um, and so I just, you know, I kind of talked through what I was working with for the show. I showed them images of my sculptures. And then um, I was just like, I just want like a, a 20-ish minute long dance track. And it turned out so perfectly. They did an amazing job. So Misa, it's, it's such an unusual piece. And it's, it's just there's so much to explore here and some real um, interesting thought behind it, too. Um, does Cam work with the artists as they're sort of bringing these things to fruition? Or does it tend to follow the proposal they lay out? It's definitely a conversation that happens, um, you know, over time. And really, my role as the curator is to support the artist, to help them kind of take their ideas from the studio into the museum, you know, to help them in any way that they need. 
And to think about how to fill such a big gallery space, often this is the first museum exhibition that an artist might have had. And so thinking spatially about their work, thinking about how visitors will experience the exhibition and how to provide interpretation for the public, it all kind of evolves over time in conversation with the artist. Hmm. So you're almost the doula there to help bring out this <laughs> this uh, this child, to bring it out of the, the process of labor. That was a bad metaphor. I'm sorry, you two. <laughs> but I can just picture you kind of coaxing, you know, helping with some of the details. Um, but Rachel's yes. vision is there that whole time. That's right. Exactly. So, Rachel, you moved to St. Louis to attend Wash U. This was back in 2013. You got your uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts in 2017, and, and you've been here since. Were you tempted ever to leave after graduation? I understand you're from Albuquerque. Is that right? Yeah, I'm from Albuquerque, and then I've, I've kind of lived all over the United States before then. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when art students graduate, the, the first thought is, like, I'm going to move to New York or mm-hmm. L.A. and just, like, really try to get started there and um, I, you know, I realized I really um, love the relationships that I fostered with um, people in the arts community here. Um, while I was in school, um, I tried to attend as many um, openings um, at different galleries and spaces that I could. And I think that the St. Louis art scene is really accessible, and people are are kind, and and they give you the time of day. And um, I was fortunate enough to be. Uh, trusted with the opportunity to to show my work in St. Louis too, and so um, I'm really happy that I'm I'm here. Well, that's that's so great to hear. And Misa, for people who are hearing about this and want to see this for themselves, I know it's not as easy to go to CAM as it used to be pre-COVID. You guys are asking for reservations now, or can people just show up? So we're requesting reservations, but you can certainly walk up. We are taking walk-up um, appointments as well. And we have a lot of precautions in place from, you know, wearing masks and social distancing to um, plexiglass barriers in between the visitor services and our visitors. So it's safe and we welcome you here. And people need to wear a mask. Is that right? That's right. Okay. That's right. But they can they can show up and, and check this out and check out work from two other artists. I want to mention Khalil Robert Irving and Tim Portlock. Um, in addition to Rachel Yoon, that's all going to be up until February 21st of next year. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. All right. Well, Misa Jeffries, um, assistant curator at CAM, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And artist Rachel Yoon, uh, congratulations on, on winning. I don't know if that's the right word for this honorarium, but, <laughs> but congratulations you. on and, um, just a fine exhibit here. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, tomorrow on St. Louis on the Air, we'll discuss how Sloop is returning to St. Louis after a five-year hiatus. It's a really cool program. It combines philanthropy and competition and soup. It's fun stuff. We'll learn all about that. We'll also learn about plans for a Dred Scott Memorial at the cemetery um, in which he's buried. And we'll meet St. Louis's new archbishop. That's Mitchell Rosansky. How does he feel about that statue of St. Louis the King? He will give us the scoop. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org. Or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening and enjoy this additional track from God's Bod Music. I'm Sarah Fenske.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.